it doesn't matter how hard it gets. It's in the blood. We're going to find a way to make it work. We will find a way to bring the cost down. We will find the money. We will keep drive. These individuals are driven by something that's not in a lot of other people, and it's hard to snuff it out. The oil and gas industry, the driving engine of the world economy, delivering prosperity, innovation and abundance across the globe. Here are the stories of its key players, directly from the leaders themselves. This is Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow. Here is your host, Paige Wilson. Welcome to episode number five. I'm sitting here this afternoon at Capitol Grill City Center with my guest, William Durbin, which is the Executive Vice President Global Research at Wood McKenzie. How are you doing this afternoon, Bill? I'm doing great. Great. Great to be here. Before we go deeper into our current role, could you please enlighten our audience of how you began in this industry? Uh, it's going back a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, did it by accident, actually. I uh, took a test uh, at the Office of Personnel Management to get into the federal government in D.C. and uh, scored high enough that the Department of Energy actually had uh, first dibs. Oh, and that's neat. Yeah, it was. It was, it was just you know, totally unplanned and uh, ended up in a contractor uh, administration uh, office. Uh, and then within months got pulled up into the policy office where we were the advisors to the secretary. Oh, that's really, that's really neat. Yeah. Um, so, so are you from DC or? No, I'm originally from uh, Southern Illinois, uh, around East St. Louis. Okay. And, uh, when I was a teenager, the whole family picked up and moved to DC. And, and you said you had a big family. Yeah. There's 10, 10 of us. Wow. Uh, yeah. Nine boys, one girl. That poor girl. Yeah. <laughs> she was number three, so she uh, she was okay. Oh, she was high up and right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Now that we know where you started, let's discuss from that point to now. Let's talk about your, all that oil and gas experience you've got. Well, so um, I ended up in DOE uh, in the policy office there and uh, did that for a couple of years. I was late 80s. It was uh, the Bush 1 uh, administration, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where we were doing natural gas wellhead deregulation. So it's right on the, the you know, uh, the, the, essentially the coal face, if you, you know, to, to uh, uh, describe uh, the changes in the industry at the time. So, you know, shortly thereafter, Order 436, 636, the whole gas industry started uh, deregulating. So it was pretty cool to be there at the, at the very beginning. And then shortly thereafter, uh, I left and joined uh, Cambridge Energy Research Associates with uh, Dan Jurgen. What happened after that? So um, I was with uh, CIRA for 10 years. It was a great, great experience. Um, and uh, decided uh, after 10 years, uh, a couple of kids in Boston to, uh, to make a big change. And, and I went to a German uh, oil and gas company called uh, Wintersall in Kassel, Germany. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's like a culture shock. It, yeah, but, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a great experience because it was essentially, you know, you got the fast-paced life of research consulting and... Uh, and I was able to step back and and really get a different view on what on how the world operates. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I would imagine so. <laughs> it yeah. was, and so so you know, being being within the within Ventersol, it I was the head of new business for Latin America and Europe. Mm-hmm. Acquired some assets uh, in the third bid round in offshore Brazil. Oh, cool! Picked up the family from uh, Germany and uh, went on down to Rio, and I was in Rio for about two and a half years where. 
Uh, we did partnerships with um, Petrobras uh, in one block. Mm -hmm. um, they farmed it, actually, they farmed into our block that we acquired, uh, then also partnered up with uh, Exxon uh, as an operator, mm -hmm. as well as Shell. Wow. So it's a some really great experience in, in ultra-deep water uh, uh, wildcatting. Yeah, that's 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 remarkable. Is that when you moved on to Wood Mackenzie? Yep. So after uh, being in industry uh, for four years, that uh, really my calling was, was uh, energy research and uh, decided to, to go back. And when I went back, uh, Wood Mackenzie was uh, um, expanding its footprint and uh, because they had just uh, bought themselves out from did a leverage buyout from uh, Deutsche Bank. Uh -huh. And uh, so I met up with them and uh, had great discussions and decided to, uh, to join them. Uh, and uh, that was back in 2004 and never looked back. Explain a little bit of what that is that you do your, your role. Well, what I do today is I'm overseeing an organization of, of 600 people around the world. Uh, and, uh, Woodmac has uh, energy, metals, and mining and economic analysis. Um, and uh, you know, so we cover the full value chain across energy, metals, mining, chemicals uh, as well, uh, looking at um, from two different perspectives, the upstream sector mm -hmm. uh, and all elements of that really focused on valuation of assets. I mean, that's where, where we really made our name uh, coming up through the investment banking community all those years. I mean, uh -huh. Woodmac is now over 40 years old and has been independent since uh, 2001. Uh, until we were acquired by Verisk Analytics in uh, 2015. <laughs> so just two years ago. <laughs> just two years ago, yeah. So, so anyway, so we're focusing on, on what's happening in the upstream sector and all different elements across the value chain, uh, heavily focus on valuation of assets. And then also um, on the commodity side, uh, we're looking at supply, demand, price, fundamentals, uh, oil, natural gas, coal, NGLs, chems, and uh, and then of course metals of and mining. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a great uh, great ride in terms of expanding uh, that footprint. Okay, can you discuss maybe some of the challenges over from when you first started at Wood McKenzie to now? Sure. Um, when when I so when I joined Woodmac, um, Woodmac was uh, really focused, uh, had been focused uh, uh, on the North Sea uh, upstream sector, and had then been expanding globally uh, in doing its upstream analytics. Uh, in around 2001, late 2001, 2002, they then started moving into the markets space, which we now refer to as the commodity analytics space, and uh, was developing a natural gas uh, practice with, with power and, and oil. And that was, that was part of my background uh, coming up through CIRA. It was really uh, developing uh, the natural gas business, Latin America business, and then moving into global practices there as well. And so joining, uh, joining up with, with Woodmac, it was help, helping to grow those market uh, business units. Uh, and, and so uh, it was really focusing on the supply-demand price uh, dynamics. Uh -huh. and, and then just took it, took it from there and was taking on more responsibilities, more global markets, uh, repeating that, until I ended up in China uh, in <laughs> 2012 uh, for a two-year stint to build out our uh, research operations there. So, so you've been to Germany, yep. you've been to China, you've been to Brazil. Yep. Wow. But you know, you, I mean, you were asking about um, you know that journey you know, within Woodmac, but mm -hmm. you know, both Woodmac and uh, even even Vintersol, um, Department of Energy and Sierra, it was always a matter of looking looking ahead in terms of how to grow one's presence. You know, how how to take on responsibilities that are complementary to to what was interesting. And, and so it just became quite natural. 
to, to, to take on these responsibilities and, and see what was out there. And, and, that's, and that's one of the ways that I ended up moving around the world. It was like right, right in, the, in the midst of, of Watergate and, and all of the political you know, dynamics um, through, through that period. And, and then you, 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 know, you, you progress through those years with, with Ford, Carter, Reagan, Bush, and, and, and there's always a certain rhythm, a, a certain consistency, a certain understanding of how things work. And right. how they're supposed to work, and that, and I know that dynamics in Congress have have changed dramatically since since '94, um, but but you still had a, a clear understanding of the how the balance of power, the checks right. on the balance of power. And now all those all that's out the window right now. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on, and and I really think Trump's done a better job of really cleaning up and and bringing hope back to the upstream sector right now. Mm. If you had one piece of advice to give our audience, what would it be? Never stop learning. Actually, you're not the first person I've heard say that. Is that right? On this show, yeah. It's the one thing that um, I'm always doing, and not not just from a work context either. It mm-hmm. is, you know, really pushing pushing yourself. Uh, I I push myself to learn what's going on in other parts of the of not just the world, but but whether it's it's. Um, science or or um, liberal arts you know just what wh- what's happening on the fringe and then and then how do you incorporate it uh can you incorporate it is there is there a lesson to be learned and then and then applied to to what you're doing and that's what, i mean I, I read lots of quirky things um you know like brian green's the elegant universe you know uh-huh. and string theory quantum mechanics things like that uh, just just to just to see how things work that's cool that's really cool yeah. it's really great advice speaking of, of books mm-hmm. Which one influenced you the most? I, I'm I'm jealous of people that can say that a book influenced them the most. <laughs> I, I I don't know how I, I I don't know how to answer a question like that. There there, there were there were two books that that really that I think uh, shaped me in two different ways. One was within my industry, and then one was just more uh, of who I am. And and that that the the one about who I am is. The life uh, Robert Kennedy and, and and his time by by Arthur Schlesinger um, that I read that shortly after it came out and it had a real impact um, in terms of understanding what what drove him in in particular to to become the person that he was and, and why he behaved the way that it that he did and and uh, so that that was for that was a real positive impact uh, and then the second book uh, and I'll do a call out to Dan Jurgen on this. You know, if you're in this industry and you haven't read the prize, um, you're behind the I curve. I have that book. Yep. You know, you, you need to read that. You need to read that if you're in this industry. Oh, it's absolutely. It's a great historical record. And when you when and, and not only is it a great historical record, but what I one of the key lessons that I took from that book, and we've heard these terms about, you know, the well in the book it's called the good sweating when and and of course, you know just recently what's been going on with oil prices and trying to sweat out the producers, um, that it's not the story about the good sweating. It's the, the, the story, the, the undercurrent of that book about the, the ethos, the, the, what drives the individual in the oil and gas sector in the Americas. It doesn't matter how hard it gets. There's, it's, it's in the blood. We're going to make, uh, find a way to make it work. We will find a way to bring the cost down. We will find the money. We will keep driving. These individuals are driven by something that's not in a lot of other people, and it's hard to snuff it out. 
So what's your m most used business tool? That's a good, that's a good question. You know, part of, part of, you know, if, I think if I were, um, if I were more on the front lines of, of the analysts, I'd, I'd tell you, you know, working with Python or R, things like that to really create new ways of, of analyzing data. Um, but I, I think for me, it's just, uh, it's just reading a lot about, again, you know, what's going on in the world and, and how can I apply it and, and, and talking to, to, to the people. Uh, we, we've hired, I, I believe we've hired the best and the brightest and everyone, everyone likes to talk, you know, about their, their, their you know, the people that they, that they work with. But I really believe that. And, and so, I, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say that's the app or that's the tool because I'm so focused on the people and interacting with them and, and I, because I, I love a more collegiate, collaborative environment. So, so I, you know, if I can keep grad school going for these guys and gals, that's, that, 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 that's, that's a fantastic business tool, to be honest with you. Yeah, I actually wasn't expecting that one. That was really deep. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no, that's great. It's great. It's wonderful. That's really made me think. <laughs> this human capital. Yeah. And, 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 and if you have to treat the human capital right, and you have to, you have to foster it. Um, I've been very fortunate in this industry, and, and I want to share that. I want, I want others to go through and, and reap the same benefits that I did. And, and, and in the position I'm in uh, and, and the teams that I've, I've put together, that's our goal is, is to share, share the experience and share the opportunity for people to, to have the same benefit that we re received in our careers. That's very selfless. I think it's, for me, it, I think it stems from coming from a family of 10. Because there's a, 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 a woman that I started working with at CIRA, Sandra Scott, and she and I teamed up, and she's from a family of nine. Um, and we teamed up, and we just, it was like, you know, brother and sister, you know, the way we communicated. And she's now the president of Maplecroft, and Maplecroft is, is a part, a sister company with Wood Mackenzie uh, and Varisk. Oh, that's awesome. No, no, and, and, it, and it's just that, and she's, she's the same way. She's very driven, very selfless, very giving in that respect. So maybe it is. Maybe it's family-related. Yeah, it, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. So who's your most respected competitor? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a first. <laughs> uh, seriously. Um, I mean, there, there's very few companies of, of our scale and footprint, you know, IHS market. Um, is is clearly, you know, of of you know we're we're in we're in that same scale, but in terms of competitors and 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 you know our industry is a great example of it. Technology is just changing the landscape across every element. So whether it's it's our metals businesses or our energy businesses or the gas or it doesn't matter which one, someone is using some form of technology to create a new business model or a new opportunity that um, is something that we need to either be in front of or participating in or guarding against. Um, and so I, I would love to say, you know, there's one respected. But as I said earlier about the book, I, I have a hard time saying there's one of anything that's always the top of, top of the, 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 the mind. We, I, I'm, I'm looking at, at all the competitors in technology and, and, and how they can unseat us or, or try to unseat us. I'm, I think the job that we're doing, we're going to stop them from unseating us. <laughs> well, good luck with that. <laughs> I don't mind being competitive externally. I'm not competitive internally, but definitely externally. And, and again, it goes back to 
uh, I believe in this company. I believe in this business. Good. Excellent. So what's your most important lesson learned? Most important lesson learned. You know, I would love to say that, that it's, um, it's probably recognizing my shortcomings and, and when, when to, um, when to react to, to an event where it's clear that, oh, you know, I need to fix something there. I'm, I'm not communicating right. Um, uh, or I, I'm not understanding, I'm not listening very well. And, and so I need to address something about myself and how I'm, how I'm dealing with, uh, with people. And I've got a lot of people I have to, you know, that I, that I like dealing with. And it's not just internally, it's, it's, it's our, our clients as well. Um, and just being humble. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay humble, but, but, but you have to have, you have to have almost, um, gosh, can you say driven humility? Yeah. <laughs> it's almost I, like, yeah, that, that seems to fit. Yeah. A driven humility. You, you, because you, you want to be on the front foot, uh, but you want to be doing it in a way that, um, that you're recognizing the people around you. You're not stepping on them. Yeah, I don't think people like to be stepped on. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm talking about when I was in that big family and, and had <laughs> brothers <laughs> stepping on me. Like literally. <laughs> literally, yeah. So. What's your favorite podcast besides this one? I'm just kidding. What's your favorite podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I listened to a lot more uh, podcasts, um, but I like the, uh, the Energy Gang. Mm -hmm. uh, we acquired Green Tech Media uh, last year, and and it's just it, it's it's real edgy. Um, it you know it is that renewable space. Yeah. Um, Green Tech has made a, a, a real name for themselves in solar storage and grid, um, and and they just uh, um, they 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 make sure they keep. It, it's 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 refreshing from my perspective that being so much in energy metals and mining. And then seeing what's happening on that that high growth, high impact, and and you know everyone's got so much focus on renewables these days with solar and and wind, whether it's uh, you know producing too much electricity, solar electricity, and driving prices to zero, or just the falling costs and how it's changed the entire dynamic. The but but the passion that's in that in that space uh, is is addicting, and so I think that comes through in in the uh, in the energy gang. I like that, and then I also I'll dabble into the NPR um, podcast <laughs> as pleasure. well. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, I feel it's only appropriate that we announce this week's winner of the two hundred dollars steak dinner from the Capitol Grill, and this week's winner is Ronald Lawrence, president of Global Quimica Partners LLC. Congratulations, Ronald! So every week we'll have one lucky listener that will win a $200 steak dinner from the Capitol Grill. For your chance to win, visit www.bulwark.com forward slash podcast and listen for your name each week. A link will be provided in the show notes for everyone to click on. If you're not familiar with Bulwark, they are the leader, not to mention the largest manufacturer of flame-resistant clothing in the world. So be sure to check out the rest of their website after you're done signing up for that steak dinner. Since the oil and gas global networks calendar is filled with the events, I also need to thank our travel sponsors. Lee Hecht Harrison is the world's leading talent development and transition company that helps businesses 
simplify the transformation of their talent and workforces to accelerate results and reduce risk. They also help individuals build their careers within their own companies or transition to new opportunities. Total Land Technologies has the world's most advanced field land management system and has the Landman's virtual office. Now, uh, LinkedIn's fine, or um, if they just want to get in touch with Woodmac, then woodmac.com. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So this concludes this episode. So just remember, it's up to you to open the next door. Tune in next week for another intriguing episode of Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com.